Welcome to The Signal Podcast, the podcast that raises your frequency. I'm Maury, purpose guide and founder of a transformation consultancy called 822 Group. I left my career as an executive at a global PR firm to live my purpose, helping leaders and businesses realign with their own purpose by reconnecting with their intuition. Through this work, I've really become a student of people's stories. You know, the things we tell ourselves that hold us back. And by accepting my own intuitive gifts, I've helped countless people recognize the power of their intuition and reconnect to their higher self. I'm calling to ask Maury a question about um, intuition and relationships. Uh, I'm definitely noticing more and more, both in my close relationships as well as my even work relationships or more distant friendships, that I find myself leaning into my intuition uh, where others necessarily aren't. Um, hoping you can help me understand how to manage those relationships. Uh, those that aren't using their intuition, those that aren't elevating to a little bit of a higher frequency, especially when it comes to those close relationships, whether it be with my wife uh, or my children or my family and close friends versus some of those more distant relationships. Do I uh, try to push them uh, to use their intuition and leverage their intuition more? Do I sit back and, and watch to see if it develops over time by using prompts and things like that? Uh, or do I really, really just um, back away from the issue and continue to develop mine, hoping that they will develop theirs over time? Second part of that question is, how do you actually take that out of your close personal relationships into other environments with uh, uh, friends or uh, those uh, work colleagues that you uh, share these relationships with and, and would also expect them to be uh, using their intuition. Thank you. This is such a deeply personal question for me because I had to navigate this myself and still do. And it's this idea of feeling like you are evolving and transforming and carrying this fear that you're going to outgrow the people around you. And that if you do that, what happens to these relationships that you love and honor? And these are relationships, I think, from what I'm hearing from the caller, that are value-add relationships. I think different than what we've talked about in other episodes of relationships that are draining or hurtful. This sounds like, you know, people you love and that add value and the fear that as you tune into intuition, which is going to naturally make your frequency increase and your consciousness expand, that you're going to leave people behind. And I think that one of the things I've learned that I try to teach people the most is that the best way that you can inspire other people to have this really fulfilling journey of reunion with their higher self is by living it yourself. And that is it. You know, trying to pull people there, um, trying to shame people there, trying to do it through the lens of your own fear that you're going to, you know, they're going to get left behind is a really negative experience for them. Think about a friend that's like trying a new thing, right? I don't know what it is. It could be a new diet. And they are 
trying to force it on you, or even, I don't know, I get like this, maybe this is the like rebel in me, but some, this, when shows become really big and people are like, you have to watch it. You have to, you have to, you haven't seen that. And the more they shame me, the more I'm like, I'm not going to watch that show because, you know, forget you. And so it's that times a hundred when it comes to your relationship with yourself and your soul and, and reaching your purpose. And so I think that the biggest thing to remember as you're on this journey is that you cannot force people's readiness. Intuition is a very intimate relationship. And the only way that you can inspire others is by living it. The other thing I think that comes with going through this transformation, which it is when you become really aligned with this higher version of yourself, is that you might have some judgment about other people. And it's really important to be honest and self-aware and accountable to the judgment that you have. Judgment is really just a protective measure for yourself. Really what you're feeling is, oh my God, they don't get me. I'm not seen. And rather than sit in the discomfort of that, they don't get me, I'm not seen, it's so much easier to be like, they're so basic. They're on a different frequency. Really? Is that for the highest good of everyone? Or is that you protecting yourself because you feel exposed? You feel different? And how does feeling different then make you feel that you want to somehow fit, that they need to be on your frequency? The other thing I would say is that there sounds like there's a lot of fear there. And in that fear, are you giving people around you credit? Right? I mean, how do you know that as you explore this relationship, people won't start to pop up and say, oh yeah, I have that relationship with intuition myself. And this is the way that I hear it and listen to it too. I tell people, I tell leaders this a lot because one of my goals is to have leaders build intuitive organizations. What do I mean by that? People are showing up with every sense activated, including their intuition, so they can make good decisions. I used to do crisis management. Do you know the biggest way that crises would happen? When people didn't tune in to that gut feeling. That's what you hear over and over again. So it's really important that organizations start to walk the walk so that people feel that way. And the thing I tell leaders, which applies to this in relationships too, is use the language of intuition. Start speaking about your intuition. You know, intuitively, I really think this. I do this a lot. And my husband will say, he's like, you look up to the side and you'll say, what I'm hearing is, no shame in that. I am hearing it from, from it's within me, but it feels like it's from a higher place. And so the more that I speak that way, the more normal it becomes, the more natural it becomes that intuition is a part of who I am. And you know what? If people don't get that, it's actually been such a great blessing for me to not expend energy trying to convince them. Tell me about a circumstance where you didn't nail this one. Like maybe it was harder to bring a friend along or to explain this to them. Maybe it was even when you were a kid trying to explain this to mom, like, this is how I feel. This is what I'm experiencing. You know, it sounded to me like the caller wants these people yeah. to come on the journey. I can be really honest about both of my parents, honestly, right? Like my mom, who's been my biggest advocate my whole life, who I talked in a past episode about kind of noticing that I had this intuitive quality and it freaking her out. Uh, I finally talked to her about it once and she said it's because a psychic told her when she was young that she was going to lose a parent and it scared her. And so she hated everything that had to do with intuitives and psychics. And so when I started to do similar things, it freaked her out. And as I've now built a career on teaching people this, 
my mom in her 70s is coming around and asking me advice and asking me questions about, well, how do you know? How do I know this isn't my anxiety? How do I know this isn't this? So she's, I feel so seen by her for the first time in 30 years. She always saw the value in me, but this she's seeing as a gift. In the reverse, you know, my relationship with my dad is strained because I want to have these really honest, emotional dialogues with him and he can't get there. And as someone who feels other people, it's been hard for me to let him go experience it on his own and have his own journey. I feel like I keep needing to hold him and, and be there and, and you know, constantly be calling him. And I've had to learn that I have to let him go because he can't hold this with me and I can't be any different. I can't continue a relationship where I call and we talk about the weather and what we do at work and I don't share the reality of who I am. Is Are there triggers when you can tell when someone's ready to have that next conversation about it? Are there any keys? Or- Curiosity is such an important thing to pay attention to. You know, when people start asking you questions, I think I said in a, in a past episode that when I can sense a thread, I pull on it because my purpose is to introduce them to their intuition. Curiosity is a thread that you need to, if you're interested in helping the people around you vibrate at this frequency, then wait for them to ask you questions. It's like a magnet. Like just be it, live it. And then as they come closer and they're curious, you know, that's when you start to draw them in. And you know what I do when people are curious and asking me questions, like, well, what does that mean? Like your intuition, what does that feel like for you? I will ask them a question response. Have you ever had an intuitive thought? What was it? Do you remember? Do you remember what happened? What did that feel like? And really make it more about them and show them the self-exploration in the dialogue right there. Like it's like a mini coaching moment. But I think curiosity is how you judge that readiness. If you get really good at this, will a person become a teacher of it? Like you know, this feels like one of those topics that you naturally think I have to share and teach people around me, but not everybody is going to want to become a teacher of how to do your intuition. So what do you think to this caller who may say, I've got it. I'm on my journey. Now do I have to teach the people around me how they can be on their own journey? There is a difference between teacher and preacher. People have to opt in for preacher. (laughs) They have to come sit down and say, I am here to hear you tell me what is what. If they've opted in, preach. (laughs) But you can't do that to someone who hasn't opted in. Teacher to me is walking the walk. That's a teacher. And so I think you have to decide if you're shoving something down someone's throat and they haven't asked for it. You know, my sister and I are both coaches in different ways. And actually, all three of us. And one of the rules we've created is we literally have to say, I'm calling you with a problem. I do not want coaching, right? I am not opting in for you to coach me right now. I just want to vent to my sister. And so I think it's the same thing about this relationship as you're starting to recognize your own intuition, your own higher self, that you're not preaching about it to other people, but that you're just showing that you're in relationship with it. And you have a really clear, the more you do it, you have a really clear, calm presence about you. And I think the most intuitive people I know just have this like presence where I want to be like, what do you know? You know, I want to ask them questions. They're not chasing me to tell me. They're sitting still. I think the other thing that's really relevant here to this question about relationships and evolution and transformation and alignment with your own higher self is the grief other people feel when you transform. 
because they feel like they're losing you too, right? The caller talked about, you know, what do I do about these people because they might be feeling afraid. But it's important to recognize on the flip side, there's a fear that they're losing you because they can't relate to you any longer. My sister came out when I was 19 and I had such a hard time with it, not because I care about her sexuality, but because I was afraid she was turning into somebody else and I was going to lose my sister. And I think that anyone who's going through a transformation has people around them that are afraid of what they're witnessing. And I'm not saying that to say it's yours to manage for them, right? I'm saying that to say, don't take personally the way they process your transformation. Let them have that process because it's growth for them without making it about you. It's not about you. They think it's about you. They're going to make it about you and they're going to maybe want to keep you small, but it's about them. And if you can just have, give them the grace of having those feelings without trying to convince them not to have those feelings, you'll see that you'll meet each other back at a place that is much higher than you expected. Like I say, my sister is my best friend and I would have never anticipated that. Yeah, I think I think our memories fail us more than we'd like to admit sometimes. What do you think about the act of journaling when you're in this process, like capturing? I love when people are willing to write in this work we do together. I give people assignments sometimes. One really common assignment I give people is to go write a letter to their past selves. The reason I do that is because when you write, not type, write with a pen, it's actually proven that it's helping your brain connect neurons. It's helping your brain make connections and make things more solidified. It's like why back in the day they would send homework where you'd, you know, the kids would write something 300 times over and over again because it does create that pathway. And so I love the idea of really journaling. I don't know. I don't, that word journaling, I think freaks people out. So I don't use it. It's like, just write down what you're experiencing. And one of the ways I teach people to develop their intuition is to do a Q&A with their intuition. So you have a blank page and you write down your question for your higher self. And the first thing that comes to you, answer. Another question, write it down. Next thing that comes to you, answer. And see if you can get in the flow of doing that. I've had clients tell me, I ended up with 10 pages. Like I feel like I went somewhere. And then it's like, okay, leave it alone and then go back and read it in a week and see what that dialogue was like. And then what did it feel like in your body? What did it feel like as you were doing that? So I love the idea as, as you're figuring this out, writing it. And also writing what the experience is like, being in relationship with other people as you're going through this. What are you afraid of? And then we talked about fear in a past episode. If you haven't listened, I would go back and listen to the episode on fear because I think what it teaches you is you have to do the work to go back and figure out what you're afraid of so that you can engage with that fear and let it go. Hey, Signal listeners. If you're listening to Signal and you're curious about how you can get in touch with your intuition to thrive and live your purpose, we have an amazing membership community called Society M. As a member of Society M, you will receive weekly video messages directly from me paired with custom-made exercises that are all designed to help you incorporate the lessons you're learning into your everyday life so that you can get back in touch with your signal and thrive by being connected to your higher self. 
You can check it out at maurifontanez.com. And please make sure to share it with anyone in your life that you think could benefit from making that connection too. Again, it's Society M and you can find it at maurifontanez.com. Thank you for listening. In big, bold writing in our notes, you put, cannot stay small. And I'm so interested to hear what you mean by that. Cannot stay small. You said there's there's no other option. Practice patience. Stay in your swim lane. Yeah. Cannot start small. I think that our fear of losing people in our lives makes us play small because then they'll stay. Then they'll get it. Then I won't lose them. I have learned the hard way that the only person who suffers in that scenario is you. Your back hurts from bending. I had a career, at, you know, on the agency side where I needed to pretend I wasn't some of these things. And it made me shrink. And that constant shrinking turned into depression, serious depression. It got scary. I had little ones. And I felt like I couldn't feel anything anymore. And it was terrifying. And it was because my soul was so much bigger than the container I was allowing it. And so it was like pushing against me, being like, you have this huge gift, but you're not willing to look at it. And you have a much bigger purpose than helping people out of little moments of crisis. You have a purpose that's about awakening people to their own power. And if you're not going to do it, it's going to hurt. And so that's why it's in big letters, because I felt the pain of staying small for other people to try to get that validation. We talked about validation addiction in the past to try to get that. I see you. I get you. You're good. You're really great at this job. And the only person that gets hurt is you. And then I thought, is this who I want my kids to look at? Is this what I'm trying to teach them? Is that if they fit in and they conform that they've succeeded? Absolutely not. That, I don't believe in failure, but that is failure to me. When we talk about the highest good of everyone, I think that people get that mistaken with, I'm going to make them comfortable. You know, if they're uncomfortable, this is not for their highest good. BS. Not true. They have to, I mean, growing is painful. We literally have growing pains as our bodies grow. And so if we're trying to keep people comfortable, we're keeping them small, which is not for their highest good either. And this is why intuition can be frightening because it's telling you things. It's asking you to take the big risks, take the leap. You know, mine was leave this job. And it was like, I have two kids and I'm a single mom. Are you serious? Right? But, and it would not stop because there was something on the other side. But I was afraid of that. And when we're afraid of that, and we're afraid of how it's going to impact my kids, I was keeping them small in that fear. This is good. I want to, I want to, there's one more caller that called in on this. I want us to play that here in just a second. I, I think to me, there's an element of respecting other people's boundaries and there's an element of not taking on their burdens as your own. Yeah. Any final thoughts there before we play this voicemail about what you've learned about those boundaries and kind of that dynamic? Because I, I, again, I think the listener said, I love these people. I want them on this journey for me. I want this for them, but we can't want it for them and and bring it to life, they have to do it themselves a bit. So Yeah. I mean, no one feels that more than me. I can feel people's feelings. I mean that. And I had to learn they weren't mine. And when you can feel people's feelings, you fix their problems. That's what you do. 
And it took me so long to realize, oh my God, I'm disempowering these people. I am making them think that they can't do it because I'm there to fix it. So it is really important boundary. And this is where connection with your higher self helps you because your higher self is, I say savage enough, but what I mean is like just clear and um, non-emotional enough to say, leave it, keep rolling. Don't worry about them because it is for their highest good for you not to try to fix it for them. You don't get it right then, but it is about, you know, let them learn this their own way and grow their own way. Their level of readiness and your level of readiness may not match, right? Their level of enlightenment might be a little bit more heightened than yours in certain ways. Don't judge it. Be open to their process as well. But yes, don't try to fix them. Is it possible to accidentally become someone else's signal? Like you become, you start to feed them so much, they rely on you for that voice? Yeah, I would arguably say that that is the role I play in a lot of people's lives. And one of the pieces that I'm working on right now is that if this work is true and aligned to something higher, no one should ever have to rely on me. That I should be done and gone and you should be able to do this well. I work with this really incredible intuitive, Rhea. She changed my life. She told me I was going to meet TJ way before he existed. I mean, this kind of level of intuition. And I had some moments there where I felt like I needed to talk to her every week. And she was really lovely at showing me, no, you got it. You know, and she'd do it by asking me questions there. I still talk to her, but I don't feel reliant. I feel buoyed by her. I feel seen, but I don't feel like I need her. I feel like I understand my intuition now. And I think that that's really important. So we're going to play this next uh, voicemail here, and then we'll pop back in for maybe a little bit of a recap. Hi, my question is around intuition. I'm in a program where I'm working on really honing my intuitive skills around mind, body, and spirit, and with respect to healing trauma. And that entails working with my own trauma and healing that to transform, to become a coach that can help clients with theirs. And where I'm at right now is just really doing this work and staying connected to it and feeling the support around me and at the same time feeling that at times it's too much and too heavy and some folks don't have capacity for that and where I'm at is how do I maintain connection and feel the support even if individuals can't show up the way that I would hope or they used to. And so how does one maintain that sort of relationship when you are on a path that sometimes is a little hard for folks to stay with you or walk the path with you um, at the moment? I really appreciate the work and I can't wait to hear the answer. Again, really personal question for me because I'm navigating this with my older sister right now. She's getting a certification and coaching and she's healing her own trauma. And as someone who carried her emotions and tried to fix them my whole life, I had to tell her, this is just three weeks ago, I can't hold this. I can't even have this conversation because it's making me feel like I can't breathe. And I had to stop and be like, why do I feel like I'm drowning? And it was this sense of when she would get sad when we were young, it was like the end of my world because I needed her to be stable. I needed her to, she was the one that took me outside to play right? And 
it triggered me when she would share the trauma she's healing. I was like, I can't, I feel like I'm suffocating. And so what I want to tell this caller is just by telling her that, it dissipated. It was like I could deal with it again. I just needed her to know it. So I think it's about when you're sensing these people pull away, speaking it out loud. Am I making you uncomfortable? Is there something about this that's hard for you? But you can only do that when you're ready to hear the answer. And the answer cannot be personal. And what my sister did beautifully in that conversation was listen to me and not take it on. Because I wasn't telling her, you're making me sad. I was telling her, this is making me feel like I'm little again and I need to take care of you. And she's not asking me to do that. So I think that giving people the benefit of the doubt that they can hold a high-frequency conversation with you, regardless of whether they're getting the same coaching certification or not, regardless of whether you think they're as intuitive as you or not, is really important. You have to respect that they can have this kind of dialogue. And then, you know, what I heard her say is the support that I need. Do you need it? Or do you need to grow out of it? Because you're transforming into something else. Is this support really something you really still need? Or are you afraid of letting it go? If the person cannot meet you where you're at, then you may have outgrown that situation in the moment. They may rise to meet you again at another point. But for now, you can't stay small to make them comfortable. Kind of recapping this for a second, it feels like the answer to the main question, how do I help people come along this with me? is to get closer to your signal, right? Like yes. the answer is in the question itself. If you're listening to that signal and it's getting stronger, trusting that and trusting that it'll be there and help, is that, is that how you feel? Absolutely. And the more you do that, the more people will learn by watching you or the more they will reveal that they do the same thing. Hey there. Thanks for tuning in to The Signal Podcast. You know, when I started this podcast, my hope was to help you walk away with a belief in your intuition and a clear understanding about how to tune into it. And I'm just so excited that you listened to today's episode. And I just want to make one small ask, a tiny favor. Would you please consider sharing this episode with someone in your life who you think could benefit from relearning to trust themselves? I think that they would appreciate it. And I certainly appreciate you. You can find more from me on Instagram at Maury Fontanez and by visiting MauryFontanez.com. This podcast is hosted by me, Maury Fontanez, and produced by Terra Firma Audio. I'd like to thank the talented team at Terra Firma, Casey and Jack, for being such amazing partners. Uh, our wonderful sound engineer, Jordan Newell, Lauren Hall, my amazing literary agent who's believed in my ability to talk about intuition, I think before I did, and my really amazing husband who is so supportive and trusts my guidance so that I trust my own guidance more and more. Our amazing four kids for putting up with all of the intuition talk that happens in our home and my family back at home. Thank you all. I couldn't have done this without you. Thank you.